We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Part of the ever excellent Blue Wire Podcast Network. Catch us in the oh, win, I think it is, in Vegas. There's a new studio there. So come say what's up. We're not there, so you won't see us there. But maybe. Might, maybe. Maybe. Pac 12 Championship game 2021. Hey. <laughs> we'll be there. Who knows? Who knows? I'm your co host, Andy. Alongside me is my co host, Rob. What's up, Rob? Javid Best is the best running back in Cal history. I'm just going to start off, whenever you lead these podcasts now, I'm just going to start off with just some insane hot take comment. That's pretty hot, dude. Yeah. I don't know, man. I personally we're, think J.J. Arrington. Was... We're going to we're gonna talk about this. We're going to talk about this because <laughs> Nick, Nick wrote an article about this or column on this. And so that's one of the things we're going to talk about. But um, let's, uh, let's, let's kick things off with uh, some Jared Goff talk. Some Jared Goff on draft day. Andy, you were brought me this news. I had no idea this news uh, or this article was even written, but uh, tell me about this. Yeah, I'm excited for our listeners to be able to partake in this historical moment where I actually <laughs> brought news before Rob. So this is that moment. I didn't prepare a rundown for this episode, so like I have no idea how this conversation is going to go. So what the article that I read this morning, which was really interesting, was about the difference in treatment from the Lions, who obviously have the very infamous coach about uh, pre- the opening press conference, and you know they're just gonna fight everyone, I guess. So <laughs> they have you know the Lions approach with Jared Goff this year in the NFL draft, and then sort of you have what we talked about on the '89 Blitz, where we were talking about what sort of upset Aaron Rodgers and what has gotten to this point where he's so disgruntled that he doesn't want to come back to the organization. And it was a really interesting comparison because what happened this year with Jared Goff was the Lions actually went to Jared Goff and said that they were going to draft a quarterback. And they communicated that up to him and said, hey, like we're thinking about drafting a quarterback here and we wanted you to be a part of the, the decision. They included him in that decision. And as we know now, they ended up not doing that. And they ended up drafting Penesul, who will 
you know, protect Jared Goff and be a critical piece uh, for them to build around. And so Goff has actually said that that one restore, like that just the communication of it, like that was great for, for him to feel like he was, you know, part of that communication. I also think there's some leftover, you know, LA Rams, Sean McVay, because they weren't really maybe doing that. So, you know, hats off to the Lions. And then you sort of take that example, compare it directly over to what Aaron Rodgers is dealing with. And that's kind of all he really was asking for. It was like, hey, guys, like, I just want to be a part of the strategy. I want to understand what we're trying to build here and why we're trying to build it. And at the end of the day, like, you have to know, as a player, you're not going to be able to make the ultimate decision. I'm not going to sit here as Jared Goff and be like, running back. <laughs> <laughs> Get me uh, Jalen Waddle. <laughs> yeah, throw throw the farm and get me Devonta Smith. Man, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Get me Jerry Jr., dude. He's gonna, uh, I think people slept on him. So uh, if they did, this is my receipt podcast. So, yeah, I mean, curious to get your thoughts. It was a very interesting article just for me to read that and be able to hear about those two very different experiences. Well, I saw the tweet. I saw the tweet, like, with the quote of Jared. So now I know what story you're talking about. I didn't read the story, though, but I did see the quote of Jared saying, like, it was just nice, like, being a part of that conversation. It felt it like to feel included and all that. And I think that was great. I mean, what they picked up, they went like four, they, they went like full pack. The Detroit Lions apparently love the Pac-12 because they this year because they went like full out Pac-12, right? They drafted Penny Sewell, like to protect Jared's blind side. Then they picked up Amon Ross St. Brown from SC to be his deep threat and slot threat. And then they went and got the the the, well, the Washington defensive tackle, <laughs> like they just they went full on Pac-12, and I was like, at this point, you might as well draft Cam. <laughs> you might as well come come full circle and draft all Pac-12 players only, because you know how underrated Pac-12 players are. So, like I I I saw the tweet and I was like, okay, yeah, as long as you're happy, Jared, because I think. Uh, people people forget like how mental like being a professional athlete is and like even just that type of communication of being in the know just like helps ease that burden of like not having to think about that right especially in in jared's case i think that the lions did a good job because why would you want to go into a year with a new quarterback already forcing the quarterback to think about his job security like why would you want to give him that pressure and not let him play like comfortably and so I think they did the right thing here, regardless of if, you know, they think Jared is the, the quarterback of, their, of the future or not. I think that just gains respect to any free agent quarterback or any other position that's out there. Like the Lions really do when they sign you isn't isn't to make you into an asset. It's like they really think of you as a part of their their family while while you're here and, and you know, wanting and they want you to succeed. So they're going to do their best to create an atmosphere and environment to be able to do so. And. I don't know. That's just my take on the Lions. I mean, Lions fans might know differently because, you know, they haven't had much success, right? But that's also because you have to play a guy named Aaron Rodgers twice a year. So that might do it. Uh, Maybe not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Matthew Stafford's problem now. Imagine – I have we talked about this? Like, imagine if you're Matthew Stafford and you get traded in a Rams. You're like, oh, my God, finally. Aaron Rodgers is not in my division. But then you get you – get, traded to a division that has Russell Wilson and a rising Kyler Murray. And then all of a sudden the Niners come out of nowhere and trade for Aaron Rodgers, And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> can I ever leave the division and not play him? Uh, 
It would be amazing if that <laughs> happened. But yeah, let's talk about the draft. Yeah, let's talk. Um, so the NFL draft. We had three guys somewhat drafted. We had Cam drafted in the fifth round to the Minnesota Vikings, who actually tweeted out very surprisingly Cam Bynum or Cameron Bynum safety. So it looks like they're thinking of him as a safety and not as a cornerback, which I think you and I can both agree might be his better position long term because you and I, I think, agreed. Like, whenever we watched Cam, the one thing that we were like, the one, like, Achilles heel of Cam's is that he would get burned by athletic wide receivers. Like, just not even, like, on a go route. Like, when we when we watch them play, like, Ole Miss, and he's, like, playing against the guys of, like, DK Metcalf and, and A.J. Brown, like, you could see that he's good at jamming them and on short routes. But if they were given the freedom to just go, like, and just have to beat them on a straight running there were moments where Cam just couldn't keep up. And so his he's instinctually great. So I think the safety move is probably better for him in the long run. But what do you think of those that move and, and where he landed? I can't think of a better landing spot for him outside of maybe the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You know, to be with GA. GA. Yeah. I th- I think that to be with that like a defensive minded <laughs> head coach and you know you have Zionde going there too, so familiarity. And I think I think he's going to be in a good, a really good spot. Safety makes sense. I think the one his his one drawback was his speed. Also in the when he in the combine, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a there's a really strong lineage of good Cal safeties in the NFL. So I hope it works out. He also also gets to sit there and learn from actually a really good safety too. They have Harrison Smith, who's arguably one of the best top five safeties in the league. Right. And you get to watch him play on the sidelines. You might not play right away, but they have Patrick Peterson too, right? They do have, they do have Patrick Peterson now. So it's like tutelage, tutelage is going to be crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So it'll be cool when he comes back and coaches with Cal in like 15 years. (laughs) But I thought like GA's tweet at the time, which was all about like, it was just like celebrating Cam Bynum and like why mm-hmm. he's going to be successful. And it was just all about his work ethic. Mm-hmm. And like from like day one, just incredible. And that's just who he is. Yeah. So, and, and by the way, he had one of the best celebrations of anyone that was drafted. That was epic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Epic. It- if you don't know what we're talking about, just go to Cam Bynum or Cal Football's uh, Instagram page, and you, you can rewatch it. But uh, the man, <laughs> I I tweeted this. I think did I tweet at you or, or did I send it to you? Where I was like, the the man's holding like a PA speaker, like a full sized PA speaker, as if he's holding like a Beats jukebox, <laughs> like a like a Bluetooth speaker, <laughs> and he's like he's like he like throws it too. He throws it to a guy. And he just like chucks it like like just a box of chocolates like it, it's like nothing to him, and then he like runs and then jumps into the in, into the lake. But I was like, I don't I don't know how humanely possible that is. Like how does how do you not like even break a sweat or like look like you're tired or like act like it's heavy, <laughs> just running around with a huge speaker. Like that's, but yeah, I mean that celebration, that celebration second to none. I, like the only other celebration I think I could think of that's like on par with that was when uh when trey beck 
a friend of the podcast when he was uh when he was a high school and he was getting recruited and he got that offer from Cal, like we all saw that video, right? We're all and we were all like, Yeah, he deserves to be here. Like he he like or he not only does he deserve to be here, he has to be here. Cause he like ran around the parking lot like screaming, Yeah, yeah, yeah Um, <laughs> as he got the offer. Like I was like, Yeah, that he's he's destined to be here. This is the place he needs to be. Sign that man. Sign, sign him. Sign Trey Beck, please, for crying out loud. Lord Lord, there are so many teams with not great DBs. <laughs> like, there's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Oh God, I, he just he just needs a chance. That's all. That's all you got to give him. He's gonna work his ass off. We know that for sure. So, uh, we're rooting for you, Trey. If you're listening, we're rooting for you. Um, but the other two guys, Ziande, as we mentioned, uh, UDFA, undrafted free agent to. The Minnesota Vikings hashtag school, and also Jake Curhan, who is who was UDFA signee to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the one thing with Curhan though was like during draft week or the week before, they peop- uh, it might have been Schefter who actually reported this, but um, they said they found some irregularities with his heart. I believe they have he they found some during the draft process, and that's why he dropped off a lot of the draft boards for a lot of teams. Um, so, but apparently like it, it, from the sounds of the tweets, it didn't make it sound like it was life threatening. Like he could play with it. It's not, it's not that severe to that extent. So I'm hoping the two of them stick. Uh, they both I remember them. when everybody said that miles Jack wasn't going to be able to play in the NFL for four years. Right. Yeah. Cause of his knee. Yep. And he's been just fine. Yeah. So same with Jalon Smith, right? They said his, re- his two ACL, like re- reconstru- reconstructed knee wasn't going to hold up and, Look where he is now with the Cowboys. Yeah. So good for Curran. Bummed to see him on the Seahawks personally, but good for him. Yeah. And yeah, it was, a, you know, I will look forward. I feel like COVID kind of took away a bigger draft class for us. And it not did. kind of, it definitely did. did. It definitely did. It definitely did. We've, like, because think about it, right? Like, who else would have been drafted this year? I think Cam Good would have gone. Mm hmm. Think Coin would have gone. Coin would have gone. Think uh, Drayden might have gone, and he might yeah. have he might have been drafted too. Elijah Hicks would have been gone. He would have been drafted. You think Hicks? Would yeah. Hicks would have gone. So. There's no reason for him to stay, really, if it wasn't for COVID. Um, and then who else? Uh, the, you know what the scarier part is? Brett Johnson could have gone. Dude, I'm so pissed at Brett <laughs> Johnson next year. <laughs> uh, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, but we can talk about that defensive line later in, when we get closer to football season. Um, yeah, that's all the draft talk. There's not much. Like they, The guys were drafted. They started uh, camps, right, OTAs. And uh, you see all of them around, you know, getting getting their jerseys on and practicing with the team. And I hope all of them stick. Like my boy Steven Anderson with the Chargers. You get the jersey yet? I haven't. I'm gonna pick one up this this year. I just I'm just waiting for him to just hopefully stick around this season because we're down tight ends. There's I don't think there's any reason for him not to be on the roster. Gates is retired. Yeah. <laughs> You'd never know. You'd never you just never know. know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Give me back. Just to be safe. Yes. Yes, you did ask the right question. He is retired. He is no longer here. 
Um, speaking of Cal football, Javid Best is a high school, is a head football coach in the Bay Area at St. Mary's uh, in Berkeley. Yep, the same school that Marcus Simeon went to. I just found I, out, I just found that out the other went day. Went to a track meet there. <laughs> the St. Mary's Berkeley Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. I did. That was wild. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, here's what he said. He said, "I'll be I'll be drawing from all my coaching experience and all my playing experience." Best said. I want to pass down the knowledge I have. I feel what made me great as the as an athlete was my work ethic. True. What I want to do with my program is teach the kids how to put in work and how to be dedicated to do the work. I think I'll be able to pass that on through the whole program from top to bottom. I really just want to build my program from the ground up. I'm not too focused on where my coaching career what where my coaching career will do. It's not even about me. It's just about getting these kids to achieve their goals and their dreams. That's awesome. Yeah. So he was he came back and uh, coached with Cal in 2014. Yeah, was a grad. Dykes era, right? Was a grad assistant um, while he was finishing up his degree, and then apparently he spent time as a running backs coach and defensive coach at Salesian in Richmond. That's where he went to school, I believe. Um, bef- and then was a was not coaching for a little bit before he took this job. His wife is actually the women's soccer coach at St. Mary's Berkeley. And that's apparently how he got in the mix for the job and, and got the job. So he'll be around. I would expect him to be around at games is what I'm hoping. I would think so because I think you'd start bringing your kids or, like, your your team to, like, Cal practices and stuff, right? Like, you're in the neighborhood. Why wouldn't you – why wouldn't you want to build that relationship with Cal? And, of course, as Cal, why wouldn't you want to build that relationship with a former – former player yeah. of yours like i i so see him coming to cal practices and like hanging out easily especially easily the best running back of all time for cal is what you're saying oh okay so that's the that's the conversation we need to have so nick wrote this column uh the summer debate right he's nick's having fun just writing like random columns um and he's gonna have some random ones over the next few months but his summer debate the greatest running back in cal history we have heisman finalists future hall of famers and all americans to choose from but only one gets the title nick actually chose <coughs> javid best and uh, if you have the article pulled up so here's he's this is his objective argument right best career 364 carries for 2668 yards 7.3 yards per attempt the next one up would be jj errington who had 6.6 yards per attempt 396 carries for 2635 yards. Marshawn Lynch 490 carries for 300 or 3230 yards. That's 6.6 yards carry. Then it starts to drop. Uh John Olazuski 6 yards a carry, Forsett 5.7 yards, Chuck Muncie 5.6, Russell White 5.1, Shane Vereen 5.1. Like that's a six, that's that's a half yard difference between numbers 1 and 2 with 30 less carries yeah i mean so yes but i think that if you looked at jj arrington his teams were better his overall I, teams were better but that overall overall teams were better so the ball and you're I, saying the ball was distributed a lot more like it wasn't just him yeah 
Yeah, and and like overall, like dude, JJ was in huge games, huge games. Like, and I just the only year Javid had was that like oh seven year. That was it. You mean the oh eight year? Was it not the 07 year? 07 was his freshman year. Oh, yeah, that's year. his freshman year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 08 year. Yeah. Because, uh, oh, 07 must have been Marshawn then. No, 07. No. Oh, just in four seconds. Yeah, it was four oh, seconds. Oh, my God. It was four seconds. Yeah, see, it's the offseason. It's the offseason. <laughs> uh, no, but, like, right. So, like, 08, dude, 08, we, we're, what, were we eight and four? Yeah. Garbage. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. So, 08, when we get obviously get up all the way to number two in the country. But, like, I don't know. I think the argument for Arrington is better. Played on much better teams. Cal had, like, you know, I think, the, like, you had Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, dude. Like, and he's still. <laughs> so, okay, here's here's my devil's advocate to that, is that because Javid was on a worse team and still led the team to 8-4, and four, being probably the one offensive juggernaut talent that we had. Right, like who were the wide receivers in 08? Like I don't, I don't mean to like bash on any of the guys because I, I, I remember I'm fond, I'm very fond of those teams in the late 2000s. But like Boateng, was Boateng like our number one wide receiver at the time? <laughs> Boateng, Boateng, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> no, in no a way, yeah, that's what Nick said. No, it, no, no. It, I mean, yeah, it was. Boateng was yeah, yeah, so bad. Cal's Cal's leading receiver in 2008 was Nyan Boateng with 29 catches for 439 yards. Javid had 27 catches for 246. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think that, yeah, I must, as Nick said, I'm I'm going for the subjective argument. But I think subjectively that, to me, J.J. Arrington had a much bigger impact. And like, Arrington was legitimately like he should have won the Heisman. He was so good. Who won? He was like who won the Heisman in 04? Was it 04? It was like, dude, and the one reason why, like, and I remember this so vividly, like the one oh, when we were playing whatever Matt it was, Liner. Southern Missouri or whatever the hell it was, right? It was Matt Liner. We're playing Southern Mississippi. We're playing Southern Mississippi or Missouri. One of the one of the two. And it was the game that the national audience was watching to determine if Cal, their only loss against the Matt Leinart-led, perfect, undefeated USC team, when Aaron Rodgers completed 23 passes in a row, that was it on the goal line stand. That was our only loss that year. We still, that wasn't good enough, being that our only loss. We had to handily defeat Southern Mississippi or Southern Missouri or whatever the hell it is. Some random-ass school. (laughs) And... Some BS that happened that game was that J.J. Arrington broke out a big run, and they ruled him down. And he was not down, if my memory is serving me correctly. And that was the difference between it being like a 21-point blowout to where people would have been like, oh, yeah, they deserve it, to then it not – I think maybe it was 17th. And, like, that was – and then you get the Mac Brown plea. Oh, we gotta go to the Rose Bowl. Like, damn it, dude! And I love your impression of Mac Brown. That's like it's <laughs> it's it's like a dying uh, dying witch from like Hansel and Gretel. Like it doesn't like I don't know where that sound came from. 
Uh, here's a candy cane for you, kid. Send us to the Rose Bowl, please. <laughs> like, I don't know where that voice came from, uh, but it's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's just, I think that team was so good. And, and in my mind, like, he was unstoppable. I mean, I'm looking at the Heisman voting for 2004, and I'm like, like holy hell, that list is insane. Dude, like, <laughs> ultimately, Arrington would have one of the greatest seasons of any running back in NCAA and Pac-10 history, gaining 2,000 yards that season, that season, becoming only the third Pac-12, Pac-10 tailback to gain over 2,000 yards, joining Marcus Allen and Charles White. You know what kind of pisses? Tenth, tenth best total in NCAA history. Dude, I'm looking. And, I'm looking at this, and Adrian Peterson was number two, and he had he had less yards, yes, less yards than attempt, but equal touchdowns. And I don't get why Arrington sitting at eight with only ten first first place votes, with no, Adrian dude. Peterson 154. <laughs> dude, it was a tra- it was a travesty. It was it was it was the definite. It's the same reason why Cal didn't go to the Rose Bowl that, this that year. And and I think. Now, if you say, okay, if you can take that season and you have Cal playing like that and SC is the way SC is, Cal's going to play in that Rose Bowl, I think. But Well, you're, we're, we're playing in the Pac-12 championship game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah that's, exactly. that's the first right. thing. We're playing in that game, and we have to beat SC. So, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was just so – yeah, exactly that. You know, 15 touchdowns, 2,000 yards rushing, <laughs> better than Adrian Peterson, and he didn't get an invite. Dude, he was averaging over a yard per carry more than Adrian Peterson. There were four. One, one yard per carry more. There were also the same four, There were also four quarterbacks above him. They didn't invite him. Yeah. They didn't invite him. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think it's that 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 season <coughs> really stood out to me as the most unbelievable season I've seen from a Cal running back. We've been robbed. And while Javid was really good, I never. I, it would have to be two thousand nine, right, when Javid did that, and I was like played the full year. Yeah. So except and, the and, Oregon State, that no. 2009 Oregon State? No. Oh, no. Okay, so 2008 was the year that he played the full season. Then. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, it would have to be Java's 2008 versus Arrington's 04. Yeah. But. I mean, he's. Uh, the, the So, I don't remember J.J. Arrington because I wasn't. I didn't follow college sports back then. But the one the one game in, that's burned into my memory that I will never forget is Javid against Washington in 2008. And yeah. him single-handedly single-handedly i kid you not if you have not watched that game or you like you weren't a cal fan before you know the whenever you came to cal or whenever you became a cal fan go back and watch that 2008 washington game with with where javid <laughs> he he sucked the living life out of that washington team by himself but you have to remember they sucked back then oh they sucked they absolutely sucked and like the big knock against Javid that year was that he would perform really well against bad teams. So like he whooped Washington, who are trash. Yeah. Pretty sure he did the same thing against Washington State, who are trash. And then kind of got bottled up in like the bigger games. He uh let's see. He 
Michigan State had 111 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Washington State had 200 yards, three touchdowns. Maryland, oh, Maryland, oh, that Maryland game. Oh, God, I don't even want to think about that Maryland game. Yeah. Um, the, the Colorado State, 85 yards, no touchdowns. Arizona, 107 yards, one touchdown. UCLA, 115 yards, one touchdown. Uh, let's see. Then Oregon, he gets bottled up for 93 yards. So, against SC, gets bottled up for 30 yards. Right. Oregon State, 116 Stanford two hundred and one, uh, and Washington three hundred and eleven and four touchdowns. <laughs> there you go. So like, so yes, the the stats are heavily weighted by those games. So it would be interesting to do like a split. Like how bad? What was his average in the sub one hundred games, and what was his average in the plus plus one hundred games? If like, it's almost like if you pull out the outliers, yeah. If you pulled out the Washington outlier, if you pulled if out you his, pulled out, if you pulled out his best game and you pulled out his worst game, right? Which is, at? which his worst game was twenty five yards against Maryland. His best game, of course, was three hundred and eleven yards against SC. Twenty five yards. <laughs> you remember? So you you remember yeah, how yeah, terrible yeah. that game oh was? My oh my god! Yeah, so bad. Oh my god! Everyone was asleep. Dude, I don't know why I can't find Arrington's college stats. They're so hard to find. Two thousand four. Uh, is it not? Is it not on a sportsreference.com? There we go. Yeah, yeah, I just got it. Okay, so play two gosh, years. Oh, four seasons, amazing. Who? Had, I'm also curious who had more receiving yards. I'm going deep here. Receiving yards. Receiving yards. He never eclipsed two hundred. Neither did JJ. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, JJ never did. Javid yeah. did. Okay. Yeah, Javid did. He had in two thousand eight. He had four. Uh, he had two hundred forty six. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any touchdowns? One. All right. I'm going game logs. Two thousand four. All right. You ready for this? Yeah. Hit me. We played Air Force. <laughs> 16, 16, 181. New Mexico State sixteen one seventy seven. Oregon State twenty two for one hundred eight. SC, 21 for 112. UCLA, 29 for 205. Arizona, 24 for 135. Arizona State, 30 for 188. Oregon, 26 for 188. Washington, 22 for 121. Stanford, 27 for 169. Jeez. Southern Mississippi, 31 for 261. And it had that freaking touchdown call back <laughs> for like 30, 30 yards. Oh, my gosh. And uh, 25 for 173 against Texas Tech in the bowl game. To me, there's more consistency there. There's no duds. There's not a single dud in that entire season. Not one. No one can stop him. Nobody. He went over 100 for, against everyone. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. His worst game was against Oregon State for 108 and a tutty. So that's my argument against Nick. That's it. (laughs) That's it right there. I'm also looking at like their awards and like their, their rankings. And it's like rushes per attempt. They've all, they both were number one at one point. Except Arrington in 2004 was number one in the Pac-12 and number one in the country in terms of rush yards, um, whereas Javid was number one in the Pac-12 and number nine in the country, which is still insane. <laughs> um, insane. Yeah. Actually, no, my mistake. He was number two in the country in 2008. 8.1 yards. That's that's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. The argument was, why isn't Tedford, like, why aren't we just running every single down? (laughs) But I also think you could say the same thing with JJ. And the crazy thing is, like, so, yeah, you do have, you probably have a better talent. There's better talent around him with Rodgers and the wide receivers of yesteryear. Robert Jordan. MacArthur. Yeah, Jeff MacArthur. Was Robert Jordan on that 0-4 team? Maybe not. Maybe I made that up. Let me look it up. <laughs> 2004 Cal. Hold on, hold on. I got it. Why I'm receiving. Why am I picking 2012? I don't want the 2012 year. It'd be amazing. I don't think he was. I actually think it was Chase Lyman. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Chase Lyman days. Uh, Jeff MacArthur. Burl Toller. No, Robert Jordan Craig is there. Stevens. Robert Jordan is there. Oh, hey. <laughs> he is there. Robert. Don't doubt my off-season knowledge. <laughs> Robert Jordan, Chase Lyman, Garrett Cross. Yeah, he's there. Craig Stevens with dude. Robert Jordan had a great year. He did thirty-two yards receiving, four catches for Mister Craig Stevens, who would have a long career in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans. 
Steve Lee I mean, Steve Levy had a reception? If you look at this team. Why did Steve Levy have a reception? <laughs> they run a trick play. Trick plays. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Reggie Robertson. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I Reggie mean, Robertson. The crazy thing. Okay. The all all right. Also would be interesting to look at. If you looked at Marshawn Lynch taking 71 attempts from J.J. Harrington that year for 628 yards. Marshawn was averaging 8.8 yards per carry. Oh, my gosh. With eight touchdowns? <laughs> Dude, if you take away half of that and give it to Arrington, he's like 2,300 yards and 19 touchdowns for the season. Damn. Like, Dude, the, the Marshawn was unbelievably effective that year. The flip side of that argument would be with Javid in 2008, Shane Vereen having 142 carries to Javid's 194. Oh my gosh, Shane had that many. Yeah, Shane had 142 carries for 715 yards. His average was Man, five I thought yards. that was locked. I thought it was lock and key on that. No, one. how many touchdowns did Shane? Shane have? had four. Uh, okay. <laughs> There, it's it's a fifty, it's a fifty. What's it? Uh, rushing attempt difference. But Shane Vereen had over a hundred and forty attempts. Dude, our running backs were so good. Oh my! Marshawn that year had ten touchdowns and seven hundred and seventy total yards. He almost had a thousand yards and ten touchdowns, and he was the backup running back. The team was amazing. The team was amazing. I don't wait. Did Nick? Yeah. Did Nick talk about Cameron Mora? Like, why didn't he talk about Cameron Mora? Cameron Mora was one of those guys that I still to this day believe if he had stayed an, another year or two, he would have been pretty dang good at the next level. I think Cameron Mora was on the team when I was on the team. He was. If I remember correctly. He had the most touchdowns, receiving touchdowns in 2008 for the Bears with eight. Yeah, he was there. He had no hands. <laughs> but he caught that was his but he was so athletic he's like oh no he oh no he uh 2008 was his last year yeah and then okay. and then he left early to get drafted by the seahawks and then never played for the seahawks if i remember correctly or did he play for the seahawks? Oh, yeah recorded a touchdown in five straight games oh man oh i don't know Jer- hopefully i've given enough of a rebuttal for jj Harrington. <laughs> I, I am pretty happy with the, like, game-by-game game analysis. The fact that, like, J.J. I think that's, like, undeniably, that's my best argument. I think that is. Yeah. I think that is. That there was no game in which he went sub-100. And Javid had, what, two, two or three? Three, yeah. Yeah. That he went sub-100. No, actually, he went sub-104 games. Dude, he was yeah. A, that's crazy talk. Yeah, tw- Come on, Nick. <laughs> it's J.J. Harrington all the way. <laughs> I win this f- one fraction of fraction of the argument. <laughs> Every other one I went for didn't have it, but that one's strong. That one's strong. Yeah, that one was. Holler. We'll bring Nick on next time to argue against me. <laughs> God, I'm looking at these games from 2008, and I'm just like, God, I don't want to. I don't want to remember these games, but why do I have such vivid memories of these games? Oh, that Maryland game was so garbage. Like, just from a viewing experience. My goodness. Wasn't that... Am I am I mixing up games? It Or did someone puke on the field in the Maryland game, right? Didn't a, ca- mm. didn't a Cal player puke on the field during the Maryland game? 
I think so, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like playing a football game at 7 a.m., you get blasted at full full speed. This is before, like, any of the targeting, targeting rules, too. <laughs> Just running full speed. Oh, God. All right. Before we end, after this long talk about whether Javid Best was the best Cal running back of all time, we do have uh, some questions. We have two Twitter. And let us know, people. Is <laughs> is he the best running back that Cal's ever seen? Tweet at us. Who is more convincing? Were you convinced? We only talked about two people. I know people are going to be upset. Yeah. I know they're going to be like, there's people in the 90s that were way better. Where's like, Chuck Muncy? <laughs> Where's Chuck? Where's the talk? Chuck we love all of our fans. We love all of our fans. Um, but yes, tweet at us. Let us know. Who did you? Who do you actually think is the best running back? I've seen a lot. I've seen some Marshawns. I've seen some Chuck Muncy's. I've seen some Javid Best supports. Shane Shane Vereen could sneak in there. Justin Forsett. Let's not forget about him. Let's uh. But yeah, let's get to the questions. We got two questions today, so pretty simple. Sid, our avid listener, she says, "Who are you excited to see play this year, or is anyone flying under the radar that we can expect big things from?" Also, glad to have you have. Glad to have the you guys and the podcast. I think she meant to say glad to have you and the podcast back. Um, but first part of the question, who are you excited to see play this year? All right. I'm sure you, we've talked about this so much, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and give some names that I haven't thought about. So what? Brett Johnson's off the board. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see Cam Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be... So if he could come into the season, like Cam Good is a, he's like the Corey Kluber of Cal. R.I.P. Corey Kluber going on the aisle. So devastating. But yeah, he's a Corey Kluber of Cal. Starts slow and then just gets better and better and better. If he could come in a little bit hotter, he could have a really good season. If he, like I'm talking like national recognition season. I think if he comes in like he did in 2018, remember that UNC game? Before he in, yeah. before he got injured in that game, if he comes out firing yes. like that 2018 UNC game, jeez, yes. <laughs> yeah, there'll be some real hype. Yeah. All right, so defense. That's my defensive pick. I'm dying to get back to like the days of elite running backs. Yeah, as I've mentioned, like JJ Arrington. <laughs> so nostalgic. Um, I'm super nostalgic of of that. I think. Uh, Who's my who's my boy? Moore? I mean, I think any of those two guys, Moore and Street. I think you like both of them really. But I think you like Moore. But Moore was the one that yeah, was like Moore. came out of the gate was yeah. yeah. He's he's awesome. So I think under the radar pick, like, dude, the flashes that we saw from him, like that is the type of running back that we've been looking for for what seems like a decade. So I'm super excited. Yeah, it's about a decade. What, E. C. Sofele didn't didn't scratch your itch for <clears throat> for great running backs, he was he was good. Calfani, no, I think he, Daniel he Lasco, like sixteen. Yeah, no, you can miss me with <laughs> some of those. <laughs> we love all you guys. We rooted for you night in night out. There's a lot to love here, but <laughs> I was yeah trying to go back. I think Easy was the end of that era. He was. He was probably one of the last era. running backs you recruited. Yeah, yeah, that... and he was a wide receiver. Yeah, he wasn't actually a running back. And the, he had horrible hands, yep. but he could not catch the ball. So when we would run our warm-up drills, Tedford always worked on him on high-late hands, high-late right. hands. And EC would always drop the ball. 
over and over and over again. And so they just moved him to running back, and he was great. <laughs> so that's how easy he got to running back, yeah. was he was a wide receiver that just couldn't catch. We're not going to throw you the ball. We're going to hand it to you. <laughs> All yeah. you have to do is hold on to it. So that's your guy? What about that's you? your guy? Mm. All right, defensive guy. I've been preaching this kid's name for the last couple years, and I feel like this might be the year. Mr. Oren Patu. This is the year, baby. This is the year. Mr. Oren Patu. This has got to be the year. Um, especially with, like, the lack of just depth because at the, at the defensive line, which means I feel like we're going to use a lot more defensive end looks and, like, hybrid line, outside linebacker looks. And if that's the case, he should be in the two-deep and a big part of the rotation. So I do think that's that's my guy under the radar. I really like Warren. I, he... When I see him at practice, I'm like, I don't get, I just don't get why the, the coaches won't give him playing time. Like they're, they have to be seeing something that I'm not, right? That I'm watching and I'm like, he's, he's doing good. He's like, he's flashing. He's showing, he's like going past his assignment. Like he's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Why can't he get on the field? Um, but anyways, that's my defensive. Offensive. I mean, the the, 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 the easy names are all there, right? It's like the J. Michael Sturdivant, the Jeremiah Hunter, or the. Um, Damian Moore, Chris Street. Um, I, I do, I don't, I, I can't, okay, here's the thing. I'm, I don't think I can name a specific name, but I do think there's a young wide receiver in that room that I feel like has the ability to like, like carve out a little niche for them this season. Whether that's Aiden Lee, Tommy Christiakos, uh, Monroe Young, like I, I, someone is, someone has the opportunity there. I feel like there's a gap in that too deep somewhere that one of these guys can kind of be like, oh, that was a pleasant surprise. Like you know, he might get like you know, twenty something catches for like four hundred or five hundred yards, and you're like, that's he, he he performed when we needed him to. Like it's just this little surprise pick, but that's I feel like there's there is room there. I just don't know who it is. I want to find out who it is. Hopefully, we find out who it is. Yeah, can't wait uh, to find out who it is in a stadium packed full of people. Uh, lovely, lovely Cal football game days. We can't can't wait to be back. Uh, the last question we got is from Pat uh, P at P three Cali. Does the offense and QB one take that next step forward to be able to win some shootouts and put the team in position to challenge for the North Division? Similarly, will women's basketball be much improved next season? Let me start with the women's basketball, and then we can talk about that football stuff. I feel like the women's basketball, yes, can take that next step and actually be really improved. They have, they had three, three five-star freshmen come in. They had at one point during last season, we and we talked about this so much, but at one point during the season, they didn't have a single scholarship guard. <laughs> like everyone was injured. They legit, and they were affected by COVID too, where they had to stop practice for a while. They, they were one of the few teams on campus that legit had reasons why this season wasn't successful. That being said, we've lost two of our coaches to other jobs. Two assistant coaches. We just lost well, Wendell uh, this, this week, and then we lost another assistant coach a couple weeks ago. And then, of course, we have Lindsey Gottlieb who's coming back being the SC head coach. We didn't even talk about that, but I, that's not a topic I want to talk about. Um, so yeah, I do think that there is room and for that, for that next step to go. The question is how quickly can you like get everything and all those new pieces, especially the guard players 
into that rotation and figuring out who's what role. Because unlike like a season where you like lose a couple players to injury and you know what those players can get for you, because most of your players were post players or you know wing guys, if you don't have the guards to feed them the ball and get them into positions to succeed, they're not going to be able to succeed, right? So, like, if you're if we don't know who our guard rotation is going to be, that's going to be a total like identity finding off season this year for Sharman Smith is to figure out what type of players do I have at these at other positions and basically throughout the entire team and what is my rotation going to look like because clearly the rotation from last year isn't going to be carried over and then we just plug and play a couple people like as the seniors graduate this is like we basically had no one last year so everyone's on a fresh slate and she's starting all over again with like somewhat player development that was hindered through a COVID season so like she's handicapped and then handicapped and then handicapped again but I do think the players are there for us to be much improved uh, next year. And I, I think all of us believe in what Sharman Smith can do. So it's just a matter of what they can do this offseason to improve. The men's basketball team, on the other hand. <laughs> We're not talking about it. Skip. Press the skip button. <laughs> skip. <laughs> right. yep, that's, and we talked about it. Um, but let's move to the, the football question. Andy. Does the offense and QB1 take that next step forward to be able to win some shootouts and put the team in position to challenge for the Pac-12 North Division? Uh, I don't know. If I knew that, I would probably be betting a large sum of money in Vegas right now. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, maybe. All right. Let me, I'm not sure. Let me, let me, let me form the question <laughs> a little bit and ask you this. Out of the Pac-12 North teams, right, which teams do you think we would get into, like, shootouts with? Because there's a – I mean, there's definitely questions defensively. Oregon State could be one of those – I mean, they're a very offensive-minded team. I think we're too good defensively to to get into that with Washington State. Um, Oregon will be the toughest matchup because of Tim DeRoyter and that defense so i don't see that being a offensive game from us that would be so hard for our offense um i don't think it's gonna be stanford because it's all about ball control so you're really looking outside of the north right yeah to to have ucla right Uh, that's maybe that's the one i'm looking at where i'm going that could could probably be a shootout it would have to depend on the defense, right? If their defense really regressed that much with the absence of Tim DeRoyter, which would be surprising, did. Um, that I could see happening maybe more often. But what you're relying on is consistency, a quarterback, who have, which we have not seen yep. yet. But we know that the potential is there. And, and truly, I think that, you know, it's time to just like go all in on Chase. That's it. I don't think I truly have ever like gone all in on Garbers and I'm like sitting here today being like, let's just go all in and see what we got. But I think it could go. I think it could be great. Look at the bowl game. Bowl game. Look great. The offense is great. Jermaine Terry. <coughs> Dude, if Jermaine Terry is healthy and fingers crossed, knock on wood, line play, whatever mystical yeah. things you possibly can. Yes. 
if he's healthy and you, we have depth for days at wide receiver, we have depth at for days at running back. So it's really about a couple of things. I think it's health on the O-line, but we have depth for days there because we haven't been healthy. But that always matters. Health on the O-line. Jermaine Terry stays healthy. And Chase Garbers meets, if not exceeds, his potential. This team absolutely can compete for a Pac-12 championship. 100%. Dang. Will it happen? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Is it probable? Not sure. But am I going for it? Absolutely. I think so. You don't. You don't agree. I mean, like, yeah, they can compete, but like, we just haven't seen it yet. So it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I just texted my friend this today. I'm like, now's the time. This is our moment. <laughs> it was supposed to be 2020. We got to. We got to pass. We got to skip. You know, we got. Uh, we got. Like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, man, we got these guys a year in. <laughs> bodies bigger. Like, you know. But the off season optimism that is my life. <laughs> It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. It just builds and builds and builds and then craters. <laughs> Rob, over to you I think, as you're done. No, no. I think you and I always start off the season at about the same level of optimism. But for me this year in particular, I'm not at that level yet. I know because I know myself, I know I will get to that point like come August. But like right now, I'm just like, you know, face palming going like I, I really ho- I really don't hope so. But I... <laughs> Like, I've I've been through so much heartbreak <laughs> that like it's possible that it doesn't right. And I'm like the like, the question <laughs> the question that's like in my mind right now is like if do I even want to ask this to Andy? It's like at at one point do we like maybe consider like a quarterback change, right? Is will is the no 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 you no no I'm not saying I finally no no I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying now I I honestly think I finally just get right. here. You know how much therapy it took to get to this point uh, for me to say i'm all in but i remember do you remember our conversations with like chase and like whether and you were like start devon like put in devon monster like we've seen enough of this like do you is there is there a point like that you think that you could get to that place again yes four games in. four games in that's like the line yeah Fast. Like if yeah. he if he if he I think craters four games in like it's just bad for sure. Oh, yeah, it's o- it's over. Like I mean I think I think it's not a huge leash, but I am saying yeah. like let's give all our trust and faith in this and like that's definitely the first time like in the off season and I'm saying like yeah let's do it like let's go like let's actually hand the reins over and I think that's what we've seen the staff doing too is like they've been very firm about this like he's our quarterback like we're giving you the keys to the car don't drive into a tree <laughs> that's all we're asking you have the keys right brand new cadillac <laughs> uh, don't run it into a tree but hey yeah if you hit a freaking mailbox like in your first four left turns then nah sorry it's going to your, your brother you know <laughs> like you know or like you run into the tree that's i think if we see the north texas game a version of that. What are we playing? New Mexico yeah. State? That's your benchmark? The North Texas game? Like, we won that game. You know bad? <laughs> we looked that game offensively. Horrible. Do you remember the podcast? I do remember the- Or, I remember my tweet. <laughs> you were a... Holy hell, we do not have a quarterback. It was liked by our current quarterback. 
that probably pin, pinned is, it to the wall. Yeah, it's there. It's like with darts in in it. So a small little photo, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> so they practice darts with. Uh, yeah. So I think if it goes south after four games, it's like if, if we're two and two. All right, let's do this. So let me just pull up the schedule real fast because I was doing this the other day. Um, I think there's no reason why like Cal can't dominate this early schedule, but let's say we don't. We lose Nevada, we lose TCU, we win Sacramento State, and then we're going into Washington. We're one and two, and the offense looks terrible and decrepit. Out. Make the change. We've seen enough. It's been long enough. <laughs> you know, like we've seen it happen too many times. So, and I think that's Washington fans had Jake Browning. He looked super good his freshman year. And then every year on there on after kind of got more mediocre, more mediocre. And they were sort of feeling the same way. At what point have you said, damn, we've given the keys to my teenager son like 17 times, 15 times he's hit a tree. And we keep hoping that this time he's not going to hit the tree, but it seems like he's going to hit the damn tree. The only the only so issue with that is that we've con- we've continually changed the car that he's driving every year. <laughs> we yeah, we went we went from a sedan and then we're like try this SUV out and then we're like try this monster truck out and then try this Prius <laughs> like try try this a uh, smart car like we Toyota yeah we've turned we've we've, <laughs> we've like given him every single car and be like get adjusted to this car on your first drive out like just don't, <laughs> just don't hit the tree, the tree. <laughs> so yeah I don't know yeah. Okay, well, I think that's enough. That's not a long leash. It, I don't. That definitely took away some of the uh, the optimism that I had exuded previously. <laughs> <laughs> Four game leash, but all right, we should beat Nevada. We should beat TCU. I will forgive a loss at TCU. That's fine. But we should beat Nevada. Whatever, toss up TCU, beat Sacramento State, and then we're heading to Washington. And I think that's a winnable game. That to me, like I want three and one out of that schedule. How whichever way you get it. So if you lose the game at Washington, but you beat TCU, that's fine. If you lose Nevada, but you beat TCU, Sac State, Washington, that's fine. We, if you lose to Sac State, that's a problem. I'm gonna say this now. We cannot lose to Nevada. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I can't let that happen. <laughs> Why? You have a personal vendetta. With I need to exercise exercise my Colin Kaepernick demons. I need. Uh, oh my! Gosh. I need it to happen. <laughs> I need it to happen. I need. I need that. Like I. I don't need that bad taste in my mouth. Like I need that out of my brain. Like eternal, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Me, with the, the with any matchups against Nevada with this Nevada game. Please, please. That's all I ask. September fourth. September fourth. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Be there. Or watch from home. But but watch the game. <laughs> you should go. Yeah. We'll be there. We Unsure if we'll be at, at TCU, but uh, that's TBD. But we shall see. But that is... Uh, that's pretty much it. We are all done here at the California Golden Bear Cast. You know where to find us. You know where to tweet at us. 
right? Yep. And uh, any any other things to sign off? Oh, we forgot. We forgot. We forgot our. Uh, we we haven't done this in so long. We almost forgot our last segment that we always talk about. Our victory cannon. What's on the victory cannon for this week? Hmm. Okay, victory cannon. I did a uh, prefix meal to support Asian American Pacific Islander owned businesses. I did see it that. It was amazing. Um, we got food from State Bird Provisions, which was so awesome. We got uh, Single Thread Farms, which is up in Healdsburg, which was amazing. Some of the freshest vegetables I've had in a long time. We had um, uh, Rincori? Rincari? I uh, hope Rincaro. Damn. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it was really good. Um, udon. And then we had a, like, a, from a hospitality group, had, uh, like, a Colby, um, uh, like, stay or a braised, braised beef. So, so, so good. And then finish it off with, like, this amazing dessert. So get out there. You know, there's so many different groups that we want to highlight and that we want to support. But specifically it's been a while for us and continue to support asian owned businesses continue to support your colleagues of color your friends of color black owned businesses get out there the journey is just beginning couldn't have said that over to you couldn't have said that better Uh, my go-to right now is uh since we're on the food topic might as well go more food um, there's this there's this pop up deli that has started in Oakland and it got super popular the last couple of weeks because they got an article on in uh, the Berkeley side newspaper and also the SF Chronicle. SF Chronicle's title reads: Bay Area's newest sandwich sensation is an Asian American deli pop up with Sichuan hot chicken. Um, but the how this place works is it's five guys. The head guy, uh, the main chef, is actually Korean. Um, and they run out of the kitchen of Mago Restaurant, which is on Piedmont Avenue in Oakland. And how they have it set up is they put out their menu every single Monday, Tuesday, and you have to pre-order it to pick up on the weekends. The thing is, most of their menu sells out within 24 hours of the menu going up. So if you don't call in early and get your pre-orders in, you might not get the food you want. Um, but it opens every single – or the menu changes every week. This week, uh, the Sichuan hot chicken sandwich is always there. But they have a classic meatball sub. They have a Sichuan hot chicken. They have the ECC, which is a, a Korean Cuban sandwich. It's like a, a Cuban but with Korean uh, marinated pork. They have an egg salad, some sour cream and nori chips. And, like, you can buy bottles of their hot sauce. Uh, but, yeah, you can find them on Instagram, OK's Deli. It's a pre-order pop-up. Monday at 12 p.m. is when the menu drops and the order link goes live. Saturday and Sunday, you can pick it up from between 10.30 and 12.30. But it is good. It is real good. That's amazing. I'm definitely going to order that. (laughs) This looks incredible. Sichuan hot chicken. Also, a shameless plug here. A buddy of mine is opening a katsu pop-up, the first of which will happen, I believe, in mid-June is when I've heard uh, is the first pop-up date. If you want to come hang out with me, come say hello. Andy will most likely be there if he's still here. He'll be there. You can come say hi. We can talk some Cal sports, do whatever. I'm always up for it. So 
Um, I will post that on our Twitter accounts and any other podcasts that may come up between now and then once I get the actual date and time down. But, yeah, coming out, eat some Korean fried chicken. Uh, get some Korean uh, sweet pancakes and uh, enjoy yourselves. Done. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Anything else, Andy? I'm just super bummed that the set one hot chicken sales just sold out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a huge you bummer. Have, you have to wait until uh, Monday. Thanks for listening as always and as we say, go bears.